So great to be here with you today. Hey, we're just praying that today's message will encourage and strengthen you, especially in the season, wherever you are. If you're watching from Facebook, we'd love for you to tag a friend who you think might be powerfully impacted by today's message. And why not? How about you let us know how you're going in the comments section? We'd love to connect with you. We're about to head into a time of worship, and we would just love for you to connect with us and worship with us all together as one. We hope you enjoy the service, and we'll see you in the comments section. Welcome to Sunday morning worship with us. I don't know where you are this morning, but we're here in the great outdoors. Maybe you are too. You might be in your lounge room or in your car at home, but wherever you are, I encourage you to just join your hearts with ours this morning as we worship our God. Give Him your attention. Wherever you are, of praise and the offering of your worship today. So let's join together as we sing.
see what you can do. Oh God of wonders, the power has no end. The things you've done before, greater measures, you will do again. There's no prison walls you can break through. No mountains you can move. All things are possible. There's no broken body you can raise. No soul that you can save. All things are possible. In the darkest night, you can light it up. You can light it up, oh God of revival. Let hope arise, death is overcome. You've already won, God of revival. Rose of victory, now you're seated. Forever on the throne. Wash my heart feel when you defeated. I'm trusting you alone. There's no prison wall you can break through. No mountain you can move. All things are possible. There's no broken body you can raise. No soul that you can save. All things are possible in the darkest night. You can light it up. You can light it up. God of revival. Let hope arise. Death is overcome. You've already won. God of revival. Darkest night.
you all. Thank you, Lord, to Aston and Daniel. What a beautiful session that was for our worship this morning. It's just brought us into a beautiful place to, to now listen to a communion message. Um, I just ask that you prepare your emblems, you know, get those ready. Uh, what I'm going to talk about to start with actually is the power of our words. And look, we heard some of the most amazing words in those songs this morning that just fit so beautifully with what I'm going to be talking about. So life and death are in the power of the tongue. We actually get to choose. We get to choose how what we say and what we speak. Ephesians 4.31 gives us a really clear direction. The Apostle Paul says, get, get rid of all bitterness, rage, slander, along with every form of malice. He also goes on to say in Galatians 5 that the Apostle Paul, he also talks about the acts of the flesh. Example, witchcraft, hatred, discord, slander, negative talk, etc. But then he goes on to share the fruits of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control, faithfulness. So he's, we're actually being directed very clearly here that we do need to watch what we say, given some ideas about the ways that we can behave but then ways that we need to behave. I just want to take you now to the um, to Daniel 7 9 to 10. I'm just going to read this. As I looked thrones were seated in place and the ancient of days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow and the hair on his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. The river of fire was flowing, coming out before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him, and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. And the court was seated, and the books were open. In the books of heaven is written our kingdom destiny. And I can, I've actually got some evidence of this in Psalm 139, 16, where it actually says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days were ordained for me, were written in the book before one of them came to pass. Our words have power, people. They bring life or they bring death. Let's be a people because we are chosen. We are chosen by God. We are living stones to build each other up and to encourage each other. Or we have the other option, which is we've been warned about in Galatians. 
that they can bring death and destruction. In 1 Peter 3, verse 7 in the Passion Translation, I just love this. It says, Husbands, you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness, viewing them as feminine partners who deserve to be honoured, for they are co-heirs with you of the divine grace of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. You know what? I believe that Satan actually does have some legal rights against us and he can develop a case against us in the courts of heaven if we don't watch what we say. I'm actually, when I was preparing this, the Lord showed me, you know, Daniel Andrews and President Trump and, um, you know, Scott Morrison and, and our leaders, our pastors and our leaders. And, it, uh, and I said to Greg, I really believe that some people have actually dropped off their roles and doing the jobs they were doing that they were passionate about because something had come against them in the spirit and they'd become disillusioned. There is actually a judicial system not only on the earth, but there is a judicial system in heaven. We have what we call in the, in the, on the earth, we have uh, in the courts an AFM, which is an affected family member so when you speak against someone that person becomes affected by those words you are also affected by the words that you carry and that you speak we also have uh, the prosecutor or the barrister on the earth but that person we know is actually satan because he is the accuser of the brethren that's written in the word of god we also have the advocate who is the attorney and his name is Jesus. So I just want to tell you briefly, I know this firsthand because some time ago I actually felt like the Lord put something on my heart to share. I spoke it to the people that were necessary to speak to and uh, in, in that I thought, well, okay, I've gone with a, beautiful, a clean heart, I've spoken with God about it, I got it all sorted and I felt it was fine and then I left it. And weeks went by and I started to become quite heavy. I was experiencing disillusionment. Uh, I was confused in my mind and days were going by and I just, I was going, God, what's going on? Why am I feeling this way? I actually didn't understand. I didn't know what was happening to me. And it was kind of just like coming upon me gradually and then all of a sudden. And then I realized, Lord, I just don't understand this. If you don't do this with me, if you don't show me, I'm actually going to have to just step down from my roles in the church and from Relationships Australia because I don't feel I'm adequate anymore. I don't feel like that's where you've got me. Maybe you're putting me somewhere else. I don't know. But I was right on the edge of just stopping everything that I was doing that I believe was actually my kingdom destiny. So what happened was um, God actually showed me the face of a girl who doesn't live in this area and I had a conversation with her and she invited me to a prophetic um, intercessory prayer on Zoom. So I attended that and it was just beautiful. But one of the people actually said to me, he says, I can see something on you. And I went, okay. And I knew that I had something on me. And the word that this spoke, person spoke was persecution. And then I realized the Holy Spirit showed me what had happened that lot quite some time before that people had been speaking about me they had been cursing me out and saying words that the enemy then had a legal right to cause me to come under confusion and disillusionment so what did I do immediately I forgave 
I chose to forgive those people, that person, and I released them. And then what I did was I spoke their identity. And praise God, Pastor Glenn has just got this series on identity, you know. And so I pulled out everything I could think of and I just spoke life and I spoke identity over those people in Jesus' name. And do you know what? That thing lifted immediately. And I felt like an amazing person that next day, I can tell you. Um, in 1 Corinthians 13, that is the love chapter. You know, God is love. His love language is, is on the pages of the Bible. He says, let us love one another as Christ has loved us. Let us speak with life and love so that we can, we can fulfill our kingdom destiny that Jesus died for us to have. So not just ourselves, but everyone else that's connected to us within the body. Because when we speak against a brother or sister, we're actually affecting the body as a whole. So just be watchful. Be mindful. As our prayer and fasting um, fortnight is approaching, I'm just asking that you would re get yourselves in alignment with what God is saying. Start to uh, pronounce, announce uh, the things that God is speaking. Because you know what? We want breakthrough, don't we? We want breakthrough in our church. We want breakthrough in our families, our communities and the nation. We've been chosen to do this, sons and daughters. 1 John 2.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So be quick to forgive an offence and prevent, uh, repent and ask for forgiveness if you've known that you've mucked up. So this is love. We've been bought by the blood of Jesus. He paid in full our bail. The charges against us have been dropped. We have an attorney and his name is Jesus. Let's just um, take our emblems. And just uh, remember Jesus and what he's actually done for us right now. Lord, we just want to thank you. I'm just uh, so full of <laughs> praise and thanks to you. Lord, we are free. We are no longer bound by chains. We are no longer in handcuffs. We no longer are in prison cells and the prison walls have come down, as those words said this morning. So I just want to praise you and thank you, God. We get to walk free because your blood speaks on our behalf for us in the courts of heaven. We praise you, Lord, and we give you glory and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. And I just welcome uh, Pastor Glenn to the platform. Thank you. Thank you, Seth. What a great message for communion this morning. And, uh, you know, God is good. And he, he just causes us to, to live as him. Uh, like Seth said today, we, we are living stones. And... Uh, that is going to be the title of my message today. But before we get into that, I uh, just want to say hello to everyone who's joining us online. It's great to have you with us. And uh, 
I just want to say thanks to Aston and Dan for recording uh, those new songs outside, out in the beautiful weather. It's so great to have spring upon us. And for those, uh, for all of us actually, we, uh, we all lost an hour of sleep today because of daylight saving. And I actually love daylight saving, uh, but I don't like losing an hour of sleep, but it's okay. We'll get it back in six months' time, so we're all good. But uh, I just want to mention a couple of things. Uh, on the 12th of October, we are doing 14 days of prayer and fasting as a church. And so I would just encourage every one of us to, to get on board with that. You know, God actually calls us to, to pray and that we are actually a house of prayer. And I'm reminded in Second uh, Chronicles, uh, you know, Jesus actually talks about um, you know, we should humble ourselves uh, and, and actually pray. And as we do that, he'll actually heal our land. You know, I think our church, uh, sorry, our land needs healing right now. You know, all of it, so many businesses are shut down across Melbourne and in Shepparton and, and all over the world, really. And in order for that to be fixed, I think the one, the best person to fix that is God. And so when we pray, we actually give him permission uh, to have authority uh, to in, in life. Rather than us taking the authority, we actually hand it over to him. And that's what humbling ourselves and praying does. And so for those who don't know him, we, get, we can actually stand in the gap as well and ask him to come and heal our land. And so we're going to do that as a church. Uh, we're going to stand in the gap uh, for 14 days. We're going we're to lift up this nation. We're going to lift up this church. We're going to lift up this region. And we're going to ask God to heal our land. Uh, but not only that, we're going to ask for breakthrough in our personal lives as well. You know, we all have areas in our life that, that maybe we struggle with or that uh, we just haven't found freedom in yet and or things, areas that we're just believing for God to do a mighty miracle in. And so I'm, I'm going to ask all of you to come prepared for this. You know, what is it that's on your heart right now? What are you needing God to come through for? You know, for me personally, I want God to just bless this church. I want God to uh, do a mighty work through this church because my heart is in this church. But I also want him to do a mighty work in my family. I want my family to, to be a blessed family, a, a, a strong family, a family that is loving and caring of one another, which we already are, but there's always room for improvement. You know, I want to be in a position of strength where I can be a blessing to others. Uh, I want to have abundance and, and and, and strength and I want to see healings flow and prophetic words flow and, and for God's spirit to be poured out in my life. These are all things that I'm believing for. And, uh, and so I'd encourage you to be uh, expectant and ask God, what is it that you'd like him to do in your life? And come with, what, uh, come with your own desires for that prayer and fasting and align them with what God wants to do. So we're going to actually join together at 7 a.m., uh, every morning via Facebook Live, and we're going to broadcast it to YouTube as well. Uh, and we're going to pray. So not only are we going to go without food, but we're going to pray because it's a prayer and a fast. And so 7 a.m. every morning, just for five, 10 minutes, we're going to pray. And then at seven o'clock every night, we're going to come back together on Facebook Live and YouTube, and we're going to uh, be talking about prayer and fasting. And we've got a whole bunch of interviews lined up. Uh, so I'd encourage you to get on board with that. I know that our 40 days of connection was a, uh, everyone enjoyed that. It was great gathering together and doing that. And so this is another way in which we can gather together 
uh, during this time where we can't actually meet in each other's homes and, and on Sunday for church. So I'm looking forward to that. I'd encourage you to be a part of it, be prepared for it, decide what sort of fast you're going to do. There's many different types of fasts. You know, you can go with no food and just drink water. Uh, you can do a liquid-only fast. You could do a Daniel fast, which is just fruit and veg. Um, you could do maybe one meal per day. Or if maybe you have medical conditions or maybe you don't have the strength to go without food, you could actually fast something like media, have watching no TV, or maybe the dreaded no coffee. That would be a tough one for a lot of people. So, But, uh, but decide in your heart what it is you're going to do for that 14 days and come prepared. And let's be wise about it as well. We don't need to be heroes in it. We're not, we're not trying to outdo each other in, in what we're fasting. It's actually just about deciding in your heart what your fast is going to look like. The other thing I want to mention is uh, our prayer meeting on Thursday nights. Now, we've been doing them every Thursday night at 7 via Zoom. And it's been great to see so many of you getting involved in that. And uh, so many of you answering the call to prayer. Because this is something that we believe that I believe we need to be doing regularly as a church. Uh, but instead of it being at 7, we're going to make it just after the interviews uh, that night, so probably 7.15, because they'll only be 15-minute interviews. So, so uh, keep an eye out for those, and let's all join together. Let's be unified in this, and uh, I believe God's going to do a mighty work in, in our lives and in through this church as well. So let's have faith for God to do something amazing here in Shepparton. Well, today I'm going to continue uh, the identity series that we've been doing. And just for those who may be joining in for the first time on this series, I just want to give you some context. You know, the, the identity series was birthed out of uh, a previous series that we did called The Comeback Trail. You know, we were, we were in our first lockdown. We couldn't meet together on Sundays. And so we came up uh, with this series called The Comeback Trail. And, and what it what it means to come back through adversity and come back together as a church. And, you know, I made a statement at the end of that series saying, we're not coming back, we're back. And then we received the announcement the following Monday that, uh, that we had to go back into lockdown. And so it raised this question, what are we coming back to if we can't come back to church on Sunday? And I think it was such a profound question because it actually caused us to reflect on who we are as a, as the church. And it helped us to realise that uh, church isn't just about going to church on Sundays. It's not about just doing church. Church is actually about being the church. And so this whole series has been designed to help us to discover who we are as the church, not just do church. And so uh, we've explored what it is to be Christ's ambassadors, uh, we've explored what it is to be sons and daughters, uh, wh what it is to be uh, uh, the body of Christ, uh, the bride of Christ, and the body of Christ. And so today we're going to continue that series, and I'm going to talk about being living stones, living stones. We're going to read from 1 Peter 2, verse 4 to 10. So if you've got your Bibles there, or your devices, would you turn there with me? And before we read, I'm going to just pray. So, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that you are with us today, wherever we are, that we actually don't need to be in a building for, for you to be in our presence, for us to be in your presence, Lord. 
Lord, I pray that as we gather around your word from wherever we are, Lord God, that you would do a mighty work in our life, that you would uh, pour out your spirit on us, that you would, uh, that you would actually uh, use my words to be your words, Lord God, and that my words would be your words. And Lord, help me to speak with clarity and with boldness, and I pray that your word would not return void, and that, your, that many lives would be transformed today, and that many people would come to know you through this word today, and that we would continue to step into who you've called us to be as the church. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, let's read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to 10. And it says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe... The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Such a powerful scripture. And there's so much in this scripture. But the thing I want to highlight this morning is that Peter actually calls us living stones. Now to understand what he means by living stones, we need to understand that in Jewish culture, uh, stones, well, he, he... he actually understood what it meant to be uh, living in a culture where the Jewish temple was the centerpiece. And in order to be connected back to God, uh, this is before Jesus came and died, you actually had to go through the temple and through the priesthood in order to be right with God. And so it was this sort of terminology that, that Peter is referring to here, that, uh, that this temple that was the centerpiece of the Jewish culture, had actually been destroyed because of what Jesus did. And he, Peter is now talking about the new temple, the new way of living, which is actually us as living stones being built into the new temple. And so uh, John 2 verse 19 to 21 says, Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I'll raise it again in three days. They replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you are going to raise it in three days. But the temple he had spoken of was his body. So we are actually the new temple. So if we are a new temple and we are living stones within that temple, what does that mean for us as the church now? Well, my first point this morning is that we need to recognise that Jesus is the foundation. See, in 1 Peter 2, verse 6, it says, for, uh, in Scripture, it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one 
who trusts in him will never be put to shame. It's important that we recognise that Jesus is the foundation on which our life is built as Christians. See, a cornerstone was very significant in the building in uh, biblical times. See, a cornerstone was the biggest stone in the building, but it was also a rectangle shape that was uh, carved to be actually used as the plumb line for the whole building. See, where they set the cornerstone actually determined where every other wall went. They used that as the measuring stick for the whole building. If the cornerstone was out of square, the rest of the building would have been out of square. And so having the cornerstone set in the right place allowed the rest of the building to be set in its correct place. You know, I actually like building. I love using my hands. And there's a rule in building that allows us to get a, a square corner. It's called the 345 rule. When you measure uh, one side of a building, you measure three metres. And then on the other corner, you measure four metres. And then from those two points, you then get, uh, that should be five metres. And that gives you a perfect right angle. It's, uh, it's called a right angle triangle. And it's a, a common rule that is used in building for us to get a, a square building. And you always start on the corner so that you can set out the rest of the house. And it was the cornerstone that did this same rule. It set uh, the layout for the rest of the house. And if we are going to build our own house, we need to make sure that we put Jesus in the corner of our house, that he is the foundation on which we build. That we don't just put our own foundation down, but we make Jesus the plumb line in which we live our life. See, Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. If we're going to have a solid house, if we're going to have a straight house, we need to set Jesus as the cornerstone of our house. And to do that, we need to live according to his ways. We can't just live according to our own desires, our own uh, wants. You know, we actually need to uh, look at Jesus' life and live according to the way that he lived. The second point that I want to make this morning about what it means for us uh, to be a living uh, stone as the church now is that we need to recognise that many stones make a building. See, just one stone can't make a building. Or lots of stones just scattered on the ground don't make up a building. See, each stone needs to be strategically placed into the building, all connected together to make one big building. We need to recognise that there is only one building and not many buildings. Each church isn't one building. Uh, Each person isn't one building. There is one temple. There is one building and that is God's temple. And we, as living stones, all fit in to that temple, into that building. 
See, we must recognise, whether we like it or not, that we are all connected. We are, just because we're on one side of the wall or in one row that's not in the same as another, doesn't mean that we're not connected to those people. Every brick in a house or every stone in a building is actually all connected uh, and all fits into the same structure. And because they are all connected and built up together, they make the one structure. This is why unity is so important. Matthew 12, 25 says, Jesus knew their, th- their, th- their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. See, when we're not unified, it's like having cracks in the building. It's like the foundation hasn't been set right. You know, I was thinking about uh, Pastor Robbie's house uh, that he was renting here. If you ever visited it, uh, the rental house actually had big cracks in the wall. And it was because the foundation had actually moved. And when we are divided against ourselves, it's like the foundation has moved and and cracks begin to show in the building and the structural integrity then is lost. It's not as strong as it should be. And so if we're going to have a strong house, we must have a unified house. See, James 4 verse 1 to 3 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. It is our own selfishness that actually causes cracks to form in the building. It is our own selfishness that that causes us to not be unified. If we're going to be a unified building, if we're going to be a strong structure, we need to recognise the posture in which we must uh, hold ourselves within a building. See, I love how a building is built. I was actually Bricky's labourer when I first, was my first job out of school. And my job was to, to make sure the brickies, the bricklayers were set up to just continue to lay bricks. And so I'd mix mud and I'd put stack bricks so that they could continue to lay bricks. And they would lay row after row, row after row. And I love this because it actually shows us that a house is built from the bottom up, not from the top down. And when you think about that, with Jesus as the cornerstone, he's actually right at the bottom, holding the rest up. And it's this picture that helps us to understand and how we should live our lives. See, we, we think top down. We all want to be on the top. This is human nature. But if we're going to be like Christ, we need to look to be holding the next layer up, holding the layer beside us and looking to the one below us to actually help us to, to be better at holding the ones above us up. It's this laying of bricks that helps us to understand our posture is a servant posture, a heart of a servant. See, Mark 10, verse 42 to 45 says, Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve 
and to give his life as a ransom for many. If we're going to have a strong house, we need to have a unified house. And a unified house is a house made up of living stones who are willing to serve each other. Philippians 2 verse 1 to 4 says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. The third point I want to make this morning is that the building that, we, that God is building has a purpose. See, the building that God is building is a building is where he is going to dwell. In fact, he is already dwelling. See, Ephesians 2 verse 19 to 22 says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple. In him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. See, we were, God was never meant to just live in a building. The Jewish temple where uh, God would meet with the chief priests once per year in the Holy of Holies, that was never his first intention. See, when God created the heavens and the earth, he actually created man and he put them in the garden and he dwelt with them. But because of sin, we were separated from him. And so we had to live apart from him. But as part of the plan, he chose the Jewish nation to actually become his people. And through the uh, Mosaic law, they, they developed the, uh, the temple and they created a way of creating sacrifices to make atonement for our sin. But this was never meant to be the end plan. This was just a stepping stone to get to the original plan or back to the original plan. And the original plan was that we would actually uh, be God's temple where he lives. See, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16 to 17 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. We are the temple of God. You know, I think we, we think uh, sometimes as individuals just being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And yes, that is correct, but it's not the whole picture. The whole picture is that we are all God's temple joined together, creating one big temple. And I think for us as a church, we need to start thinking not just of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves as a group, as one temple housing God. See, Romans 8 verse 11 says, And if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. See, the Holy Spirit lives in us. 
and we were bought with a price. And God sent, uh, Jesus sent his Holy Spirit once he went to heaven to live in us. And this is our mark of approval, our seal of approval. And it's this seal that actually makes us a living stone. It qualifies us to live, uh, to be a part of God's temple. You know, God is building uh, a temple. And generation after generation, he's been adding more and more living stones to that temple. And he's going to continue to build his temple for as many generations keep coming. He's going to continue to lay one generation on after the other until his return when he will come and rule and reign and live among us forever. You know, John 13 verse 34 to 35 says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. For love, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. You know, when I think about uh, the buildings in which, uh, you know, uh, Catholic buildings, the old buildings, the amazing buildings that uh, used to be built, they were extravagant. They were amazing buildings. And they were beautiful to look at. They had stained glass windows. They had craftsmanship. They had paintings. They, they were all, uh, they were pieces of artwork, really. And when I think about that, I can't help but think about uh, how God is actually creating us to be a beautiful temple, a beautiful building. You see, we weren't ever meant to just uh, do life on our own. We weren't just meant to build our own lives, to build our own empires and build, uh, become great in and of ourselves. We are connected to a much bigger, better building. And that building is God's temple, his living temple in which he resides. And we are, we are recognised by how much we love each other. And this is what makes our building beautiful. You know, God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. He has a plan for his church. And his church is to be a church where he resides. You know, God actually says that my house will be a house of prayer. And that you know, for us as a church, this is why I'm putting so much focus on prayer, that we are coming back to who he's called us to be. You know, we're a royal priesthood offering sacrifices to him. And sacrifices aren't just killing animals anymore. It's actually a way in which we live our lives. We live according to the cornerstone, which is Jesus. We serve one another. We love one another. We hold each other up and we have a position of servanthood. We put others before ourselves and in doing so we make a beautiful building, God's temple. So if you, if you are wondering where you fit in God's temple today, I just want you to know you're not some rock on the ground just randomly laying around. God has actually strategically placed you in his temple. You are no accident. You're not just some random life that was created by a big bang theory you are fearfully and wonderfully made by the creator of the heavens and the earth and his plan has always been to put you in his temple where he will reside and do life with you and if you don't know him today i'd encourage you 
he knows you more than you would ever know him. And in fact, he's waiting for you to just say yes to him. And he would love to put you into his temple. And all you have to do is trust him, believe in him, and live according to his ways. And you do that by loving him and loving others. It's very simple. And so if, you, if that's you today, I'd encourage you. Um, I'm just going to pray a quick prayer. And uh, I just, just, just uh, believe that uh, in your heart that you are saved. And just declare that Jesus is your Lord. So I'm just going to pray a quick prayer for you. So dear Heavenly Father, I just pray for those who are watching today who don't know you. I pray that, that uh, as they position themselves to, to know you, Lord God, that you would actually open their hearts to receive you as their Lord and Saviour. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, come and envelop them with your love and that you would uh, actually show your goodness and your glory to them today. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I just want to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message has encouraged you and that you uh, recognize that you are uh, significant uh, in God's temple, that you aren't just some random stone laying on the ground, but you have been strategically placed into God's temple that he is continuing to build uh, for a place where he wants to live and is actually already living. Well, I just would love to pray over you before we finish up today. And uh, I hope you all have a great week. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you on uh, Thursday at the prayer meeting and then also for our midweek devotion on Wednesday. I don't think that'll be me, so I probably won't see you there, but I'll probably see you in the comments. So Lord, I thank you that you are the one that builds the temple. I thank you that you uh, strategically place all of us according to your will and that you are the one that is uh, that, that putting layer upon layer generation upon generation to build this glorious temple where you reside. Lord, I pray that you would help us to live uh, like Jesus, the, the chief cornerstone, that we would live according to his ways and according to your word and that we would reflect your glory, Lord God, and that we would live a life that is built on unity, that holds up every other living stone around us, Lord God, that we would see ourselves as not just as individuals but connected into your house Lord God. Lord I pray that you would display your glory in your temple in and through our lives Lord God and that we would represent you well in all that we do. I thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I hope you have a great week. God bless. I'll see you during the week. Today, we just pray that you got something out of that message. If you would like to know more about Jesus, you can head to our website, encounter.cc. And there, in the Next Steps tab, you can make yourself known to us so that one of our pastors can reach out to you. If you would like to give, you can do that in the Giving tab of our website or on the instructions in our church app. Encounter Church is more than just a service on Sunday. And there are so many ways that you can connect with us during this time. You can follow us on our social medias, as well as keep in the loop with what's going on in our church app. There, you can listen to all of our latest podcasts, give electronically, 
And of course, let us know how we can pray for you in the prayer wall. Hey, we would love to see you next week at 9.30 a.m. for our pre-service and then again at 10 a.m. for our regular church online service. We hope you have a great week. God bless. See ya.